Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. to the wise men say podcast we're back after a break nothing much has been going on um quiet christmas the rebel alliance as the club like to think of us <laughs> <laughs> we, we might we might touch on that later but um i think that statement speaks for itself uh, we'll talk about the game of football because we won and uh seven points actually in the last three games that's not bad is it um joining um Myself and Luke Skywalker tonight is um, Phil I'll, Smith. I'll, who are you then? Are you Han Solo, are you? Chewbacca, probably. <laughs> you said it. I'm more Chewbacca, I would say. Yeah. Mickey would be Chewbacca. Sorry, Mickey. He would be, though. He's got the frame for it. Uh, Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Good evening. Had a good break? Well, you haven't really had a break, Phil, had a, to be fair. I haven't had any kind of break, but... When, when, when they talk about winter breaks and stuff, the players, are you always like, yes, I'm up for that as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want a winter break in a week's warm weather training in Mallorca or wherever. That's uh, that's my hope for 2020. Would you go along to those if I had one of those, do you think? Hmm? Would, you, would the fund be there to send you along to one of those? If it should oh, uh, I'll, I'll go for a diplomatic <laughs> no comment on that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined by Chris Blythe again and... Um, Involved with uh, the red and white army, Chris, and the and the, and the flags. Is it, what's the official name for the flags? Does it have an official name, or is it just part of red and white army? It's just part of red and white army. Because there used to be a, an official it thing. And how, how how yeah, I think flags, I'm, I'm getting mixed it? up yeah. with that. I think. Yeah. 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 And uh, <coughs> how's your um, clothing um, business went over Christmas? It sold out very quickly, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Um, it was a it was a busy Black Friday. Um, then sold out, just getting the stock back in now and, and just working on some, some new products, really, jackets, uh, gilets and different things like that. Do you know what, is Tim Sherwood coming in? Have you heard something? Tim Sherwood <laughs> with a salute and uh, all that jazz. In. He's coming in. The jackets, I would buy one of the jackets. They look great. But you could, if the jackets come out, WMS 10, the checkout from the terraces.co.uk and get yourself one of them. But in the meantime, buy something else using the code as well. What a treat. Absolutely, yeah. Does what it says in the tin. Chris is like, Chris is like, well, it's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I bought better before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so that's good. Um, should we look, how far do we, How far should we look back? Should we just look back at the weekend's game or do you want to go a bit further than that? Because I think there's been, I want to know what's changed. So these last three games have been like the Tranmere game all over again. And I know we had a quick discussion uh, in the car, Phil. Fitness and the conditioning coach plays a part. I think it's fair to acknowledge. Confidence then plays a part because they played so well at Doncaster, I think. But it's more than that, isn't it? It's changed. The setup's changed. The attacking intent isn't changed. 
the um, wing backs aren't full backs anymore, the wing backs. What has been the marker, do you think, for, for these? Because these last three games, apart from the Tramay one, to me, stand out in isolation for Parkinson's reign. Yeah, I think there's been some, they've had a helping hand in moments, the centre-half running past the ball, uh, always helps at the key moment in games, but I think that, I think to me, just just from watching them, you can see how they're going to going to hurt the opposition, and I think the big thing for me is now when the when the ball goes into to Charlie Wyke, there's people around him. You know, you go back to those Gillingham games, the ball will go up to Charlie Wyke, and there'd just be no one anywhere near him. It was immaterial whether he wins the header or not. Now all of a sudden you've got Gucci Maguire who look fit, who look motivated. They're dropping onto those balls straight away. Hume, I think, has been terrific. He's constantly. Um, constantly there providing an option and you can begin to see that opposition teams are worried about that you can you can clearly see now that they are facing up to Sunderland and they're worried about what Sunderland could do with them at the moment in an attacking sense and I think that's probably the biggest difference for me that you're finally starting to see bodies regularly get into the final third and getting getting support of, of the target man if you are going to play quite direct and if you are going to look to the target man you've got to get bodies around it um and yeah, I think they've set a little bit of a little bit of a benchmark. To be fair, um, it's, it's funny with Hume, isn't it? Because he, <clears throat> if, when you read after the game, because I come, I come away thinking he played really well there. And then you like go on Twitter, and it's it's fifty fifty. Some people are quite negative about it. I, I, Some people are taking exception to his defensive capabilities. I think, but <clears throat> again, and, and Mickey Gray had this problem, and he went on to play for England. Initially, I I don't see that as an issue where. Because in the modern game, you want your full-backs to be able to get forward. So I don't have a problem with him doing that well first. Uh, the more he plays, especially at this level, he will get better defensively, or I would hope well, he would. You'd hope he wasn't, wouldn't be under too much defensive pressure playing for Sunderland in League One. That would be my hope. And you know, I've never seen a... Like he goes past people Who do you think like they're not there. Oh, yeah. he, does, he goes past people like they're not there. Doesn't he? It's weird. Like he's, oh. the way he carries a ball and runs with it, but he can't head the ball. I don't know if you seen no, him attempt he to head it. Is it looks quite like a child trying he, to head the ball. He tends to uh, when it comes out and he's trying try to. He, he tends just to try and put the other player off yeah. to not win. I the used header. to do that. Would be fair. Yeah. I'll be a full pack. Um, but he's. I, I think he's he's class. I think he's he's one of those players where I think you can see a real potential. And um, I haven't seen that for a long time. Where I think I think eventually he'll go, he'll go to. Um, you go to a bigger club and he'll he'll do really well. I can just see the potential. I Don't really do. Not get rid of him yet. I know, I know, but you can see it. Oh, come through the youth system as well. So I feel I feel a bit guilty about how much he got hammered after that first game of the season against Oxford when he really got yeah. hammered, didn't he? Well, I think there's a couple of things on that. One is there's just an inevitability for something to funneling so much through him in an attacking sense that if he's putting in fifteen, twenty crosses into the box in a game. A lot of them aren't going to find someone who's going to head it in the back of the net, so he's always going to get a bit of criticism for that. But I think he's just someone who we've talked a lot about his defensive things. I mean, this is a guy you've got to remember, he's never had a loan move. And sometimes as a young player, you've just got to go through that experience where at Ipswich they were so direct, so physical, and he'll come away from that thinking, I've got to sort that side of my game out, otherwise I'm never going to get anywhere. And you can have all the attacking threat you like, you've got to do that. And I think the start of the season was just him going through that quite painful process of probably realising what he actually needed to be a successful, you know, senior senior full fullback in men's football, and he's still, I think he's still on that process. But I mean, he's got a hell of a lot going for him in his favour. Other individual performances that stood out: Lyndon Gooch's inclusion back in the team. I know he's been out. It's been. 
I think we all knew we were missing him, but I don't think anybody realised quite how much he's made. He's made <coughs> such a difference to the team, hasn't he? I was just going to say something about, are you going to come back to formation or anything like that you, later? Because I don't want to like drag it back on later. Did I say go off formation too late? I was just going to make the point that's quite interesting at that. You could argue, I'll, put, I'll put the brakes on the segue then and we'll, we'll go ar- back and, and look at the formation. Could it be argued that, bizarrely, the thing that probably cost Jack Ross's job is actually the thing that could probably save Phil Parkinson his because we started the season and obviously do pre-season trying to play this 3-4-3 or with wing-backs, whatever, and it was rancid. And then we reverted to it and looked very comfortable and now... They look like a team who are more than capable of playing. So Jack Ross will be going, I did that. Well, it's, it's funny, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? But it's funny, I, though, because... I train, train them out of play like that. By the way, you still can't forgive going to Gillingham for a point with that system. No, no, no. You know what I mean? But, well, that was, that, that's was, something that'll come back to haunt that, was, that, was that was a fundamentally different system because was, you, had, yeah, you had to Bock and McLaughlin yeah. at fullback. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, formations are defined by personnel. So that Absolutely. formation at Gillingham was not the formation they've played the yeah. last couple of days. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and, totally and, agree. And that's the point that we're trying to make. So when people, you know, we went quite heavy on, on Parkinson, but this is, this was a manager who come in with like a 90% win. We, didn't, we, were, we weren't that harsh to Parkinson. We only had that Just Sack <laughs> Phil podcast, <laughs> which George Colton made him aware of. So thanks for that, George. He said he doesn't read um, podcasts. That's what apparently Phil's response was. So he's also a dar. So that's what we've learned about Phil Parkinson. Pro- pro- probably for the best. In yeah, the pro- well, yeah. I don't know. It's a good listen to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might but pick something up. It's, us, it's not us rewriting history. This, this, you know, pl- those games at Hobner Burn, away at Gillingham, at Hobner Bolton on Boxing Day, even were five defenders playing defensively, and he was coming out and insinuating he would have been happy with a point and this is what the difference is now he's not doing that so it's fine and we're not backtracking you know nobody wants it to work out more for him than me but there's been a clear change hasn't there in in, in system yeah, and, and and i do and i do think the, the the fitness is a big thing i won't bang on about it loads but I, I just think you can see that the players have that conviction in what they're doing um and i think they probably increasingly believe in themselves and execute that pressing you look at that second goal and yeah, it's a terrible defending Lincoln have been the artists of their own downfall, but Maguire does really, really well. And you know, there's a guy who I think that regime, if you like, is starting to have a positive effect on. He's probably also realising as well that he's got six months on a deal and he'll probably never have it as good as he's got here. And so it's all these combination of factors, but I do think there's been clearly the, the change in personnel has made a huge difference. Um, but I think in fairness, you are beginning to see maybe there is a little bit more capability to play that pressing game that, that makes it a lot more attacking as well. Can we talk about individual performances now, Gareth? Or do you want us to continue on this? I've always been a massive fan of the back three, as you, as you well know, going way, well way know. back in the day. Way back. Christmas tree formation Christmas tree for formation. you. But it, it is, like you say, though, it's not about the, the system itself, it's the, the person it's a bit of, it's it. A, it's and a bit and of both, I think, And it? I think it's the... I think it's the most attacking formation you can play for the back three because it gives you the freedom um, to put more attacking players with, you know, in the opposition half with cover. I just think you've got to look at somebody like Flanagan. He's he's not suited to a four four two. I think he's too weak. Gets muscled off the ball. Where if you look at um, his performance at the weekend, it's more. 
he's more of a ball playing centre half. I know he kicked that one out down the line, which wasn't great, but that was the highlight. It was, yeah, day, quite, by the way. It was great. It, it was great in a way. It was just it's like yeah, I just, but he he suits that formation, and I think. Um, not that he's here and he's not getting a game because he's injured but someone like Jack Borden would suit that as well where you've got a bigger centre-half alongside somebody like Ozturk um, you know and, and Willis has obviously got his pace so I think I think him coming back in front against a bit of a positive for me Do you think Ozturk gets enough credit? Because he always seems to just quietly come in and play pretty well Elaine, El- like for like he rarely puts a foot wrong in a game. Like he, like, and everyone talks about Willis. Well, and that even makes it better, doesn't it? Really, that the, the cynical handballs. I've got, I've got so much respect for Liam, and like, you know, we've we've all had a laugh at the Turkish series and the programs and the cynical handballs, which all adds to the charms. But like, seriously, this guy does not get enough credit because the amount of times in eighteen months you've kind of thought, oh, well, that's him done because he drops out the picture or whatever. He always ends up back in the team, and that's because of what you're saying. Because actually, he doesn't do an awful lot wrong, and you know he doesn't make a huge amount of errors. Um, he's more than willing to put his hand in the line of duty and take the yellow card when required. Um, he knows his limitations. He, doesn't d- he? he does. He does, and he's and, and he understands that. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm biased because you know you 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 have you have your favourites when you speak to players, and the name's <coughs> great, and I know how much he cares and how much he wants to be a success. But he, he does not get enough credit because the amount of times you've kind of thought he's never. It, you know, we've probably seen the last of a lame. He always ends up because I mean, because ultimately managers realise they can rely on him. He never gets, and like you know, when we talk about the centre half, well, it feels like we had loads of centre halves in the last eighteen months, and there's always loads of debate about them. And can that person be dropped? And like Osterk seems to get be playing quite well, and then gets dropped, and I then think, but then he, he never like he never seems to like sulk. He probably just like goes home and watches Turkish film or eats Turkish food, goes to Turkish training, whatever that might be, and then gets on with his job and then he gets back in the team. It's I think he's, he's, he's complimented. I think I think it's all about, you know, getting those partnerships on the pitch and he hasn't got much pace. <coughs> but when you've got somebody like Willis to get him out of trouble, it, it, it comes back down to, I think, Johnny Johnny Evans and, and, and Nosworthy. You know, when they play together, Nosworthy had the pace and the power to, 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 to kind of get... Evans out of trouble when when he couldn't make it back, and I think that's working with Oz Turk and Willis, and then Flanagan just compliments. Willis at the weekend. I was going to say when he rinsed that guy. Yeah, he was about ten yards behind yeah. him. He just yeah. like went, I oh, put the afterburners on here, and like it was ridiculous. Comfortable. You mentioned defenders in the last eighteen months. We have not had a better one than that, have we? That was half. That was a great sign. I know yeah. there's yeah. rightly been a lot of criticism and recruitment, but that was a, that was a really really good sign. Yeah, agree. Unlucky not to score the weekend as well. I think he's one you can look at and say he could play in the championship. I think definitely 100. percent He's fast. Yeah. You know he's fast and he's got reads the game well. Yeah, he's got a good head. Like you know he's calm. Maybe that was something that went against him at the start, where you know he's a little bit maybe too casual. Yeah, so weird passes out. Of, I remember like you just passing the ball out of play, like simple like eight nine yard passes, and he'd kick it straight out and things like that. And it was a bit odd. Maybe he was just, I don't know, maybe he was just too too relaxed. I don't know, but he seems very comfortable. And, uh, you know, it was a great display of, you know, almost authority in, I've been playing within myself in this game. Mm-hmm. And the, the lad went past him and he, you know, and he just burned them off and nicked the ball back in front of him and 
You know, I bet you that was the quickest sprint of any Sunderland player this season. If you look in the stats, I know it's like a weird thing to say, but I bet you it is because he absolutely roasted them, and like it will be. If any, if anyone's listening to the club and you want to provide that information, that's fine. I don't think they listen to us anymore. I always remember Jordy. Well, they might actually, but you know, Jordy Craddock doing that to Danny Murphy once back in the day. <laughs> Danny Murphy was a like well off past halfway line, looked like he was through on goal. <clears throat> And it seemed like Jordy Craddock just jogged past him and just like took the ball away from him, turned round and passed it. Not Jordy Craddock down as like quick. No, I think I Danny Murphy must have just been really slow. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Good player though, Danny Murphy. He remember was a good when he was signing, and then he went to Charlton. I think that his game. Remember when Darren Ben scored twice against us in that game? The opening game of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, an absolute massive deflate. That's it. There's a great podcast we've done fantastic. on famous Sunderland one-on-ones. I remember Gary Breen trying to catch Thierry Omri, McShane trying to catch Fernando <laughs> Torres. You could do like the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll think about niche. Maybe, niche. Yeah, maybe we'll think of all good ones and try and. But Ben always quick at his day. He must have. <clears throat> but I can't specifically remember any particular <laughs> incidents. No, no. It's like we've just discovered defenders need pierce. <laughs> isn't it? Well, pierce. Any like any players with pierce. If you revelation If you are a player capable of league playing in League One and you do have pierce, please contact uh, t.corton at safc.com <laughs> and he send your CV. Send your sprint it's, times. It's, it's probably Tony.corton just to be pedantic. Oh, I would imagine. Right. I don't know that for we sure. We haven't given out. Is it? Hopefully, we haven't. It? You know, break, broken GDPR or something <laughs> prob- by giving prob- out. Is no, no. Email be, it will be in the public domain, so I wouldn't worry about that. Okay, you fine. can't. You can't have a pra- You know, just have that standard format like at scfc.com and hope and hope and say <clears> accuse people of breaking GDPR. Can you? <laughs> I never thought we'd be talking about this tonight. <laughs> in the last two weeks, I know, but there you I go. Know. I would try and get my head out of it. I get enough of that stuff at work. Um, I actually, I mean, that the first half, I, I was at Doncaster and um, played really, really well. Got, you know, got won all the second balls, moved it quickly, played well throughout the game. This one was more first half and I think the tired second half. What I would say, Phil, is when you've mentioned the, the fitness thing, I still think personally the change in, in system and the attack and intent has helped a lot. What is clearly down to the fitness um, improvements is the way that they're pressing from the front. They were, they were hunting in packs of three at times. You know, three players surrounding a defender yeah. and putting them under pressure. That does come down to fitness and conditioning. Yeah, Maguire is the best example of that. And you know, we don't need to keep hammering the point. I'm, I'm not sure he would have been able to produce that at certain stages. But I, I mean, also as well, you know, you've got to place the context of three games into the whole season so far and we've had plenty of occasions where we've players like Maguire we've thought right he's cracked it and you know and he hasn't been able to maintain it so that's the thing and I think if you know while we all acknowledge the improvements in the last few games you know the, the performances before that are still there and so you've got to maintain it over a longer period but it certainly seems like um, the, the the pennies dropped with a few players and they seem capable of, of executing what Parkinson wants to do them and, and Maguire is a great example of that and like I say, I suspect the fact that he's also playing for a new contract is probably helping as well. Few players playing for a new contract. Yeah, loads yeah, of them. <laughs> and Every you know, single one. When we when we spoke to John, when I spoke to John McLaughlin last last week, obviously it wasn't the main kind of thing that came away from it was the, the contract stuff and what have you. But he, he was quite honest about that and said, "Look, if you're at this level and then you're not playing well, you know, there's not going to be loads and loads of options for you. So it's a, it's a massive motivation at, at this level." Um, so yeah, I'm sure that'll, we sure might, that'll be we some might come on to that. Later. Are we are we <laughs> are we putting uh, 
or you put the improved and performances down on that then instead of giving the manager credit? <laughs> it's a combination of, of numerous factors that we'd like to see, like to see for well, a few, a few well, more matches. On 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 that. So you know, we've obviously we've been talking about you know the improvement, and you know, obviously we were very strong in our opinion about you know what's gone on over the last you know two two or three months under Parkinson, um, and he's still got a lot of work to do to achieve the goal that was set um, for him by the club when he when he was appointed it's still a lower position than we were when yeah, he was appointed yeah we, we are um, but you know all we need it, it is it does I know the, the lads have touched on the reactions over Christmas it is frustrating because you're like well why haven't we done why haven't we yeah. done this sooner and if you if we don't the really annoying thing is if you beat Gillingham or you beat Burton we're like three points off second with a game in hand and it and it goes to show that the league this season terrible is not very good. I couldn't sleep last night. Um, thinking woke, about how bad the league. No, I was thinking. I was thinking about. It was like you know, in, in again, a Father Ted reference, a Christmas Father Ted reference. You know, when um, Mrs. Doyle accuses, um, uh, Ted, well, not accuses. Sorry, he, uh, suge- she suggests that Ted is only the second best priest. Um, and he has that moment when he's walking on the beach and all the uh, characters are coming on and going, the second best priest. So I was like tossing and turning last night after being called a bully and uh, all this on Total Sport last night. Um, and I was like, all these like Sunderland callers were like coming into my eye line and abusing me. Um, so that was, so instead of doing that, what I decided to do was go through the last um, 11 seasons um, in League One and see <clears throat> what was the total that got you automatic promotion. Um, and there was only the lowest points total for automatic promotion in the last 11 years in League One was 83 points, Um, and the highest was 96 points. It's quite high, isn't it? Um, But you're looking probably, generally, I would say, if you average it out, it would be like 88, 89 points across across the 11 years. But obviously this year... Um, given the, how poor the league is, and also taking into consideration the, there's obviously two games fewer for every team, um, you could have done it on average points per game, I guess. Um, but I didn't. I couldn't be bothered to work all that out. I mean, I'm, I'm not that sad. I had to get up and get, get showered and get to work, didn't I? So I just did like deducted four points off each one and six points off each one to like kind of see. I hope people are still with this. Where yeah. it was. Um, and the lowest points total. Um, was 83 points. Um, so obviously, if you took four points off that, assuming you'd get a, a win in the draw against that prom- newly promoted team, would bring you down to 79. And if you took six off it, presuming you'd won both, that would bring you down to 77. And 77 would be the lowest points total achieved by a team to finish second in League One in the last, including this season, would be 12 seasons. Um, so... Is seventy-seven points going to be enough to get automatically promoted? So you say we're going up? No, what I'm saying. No, no, I'm saying. Well, and we have to win fourteen of our last twenty-one games to achieve the lowest total. This could be new records. No, it could be. And I think I think the league's poor enough for it to be within that seventy-seven. Funnily enough, um, Phil Parkinson's Bolton got promoted in second with eighty-six points, and if you deducted. Uh, six points off that it would be 80 points to get promoted and 
think a few weeks ago suggested you know win 15 games 80 points would that be enough to get you up so if he wins 15 of the last 21 games I would say we're getting promoted what can you say? Can you well, say we haven't? We've only beaten one team. Yeah. Just fifteen. There's the been league. an upturn in form, but enough to suddenly say we're going to win. Exactly. But, 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 also, that, and that's, but that's there's nobody. There's nobody running away with it. You look at Ipswich, oh, no. bottom, bottom of the form table, and Peterborough, who everybody's. You know, there's only really Oxford. You look at them. The Oxford at the minute. You look and think that. Well, Rotherham a second. Mm. You know, and that's a, they, they were fifteenth when we played. And they've them. been on a great run. You know, and. It's it's frustrating because you think, you know, we score that penalty and go 2-0 up against them, we win that game. Everything looks very different. I think everything's just frustrating. If you look at, you know, people saying, well, the fitness is here now. It's kind of like, well, where's it been since the summer? You know, it's it's just, it, it's really, really frustrating. But, you know, I've I've said about Parkinson, I didn't think he was the, the right appointment. Um, I, w- I wasn't too keen on him. And then obviously on the back of the results, but you've got to, You've got to kind of give him some credit over the last few games, but equally, if he if he doesn't replicate that over the next three games, he's he's quite rightly because his his remit this season is getting promoted, and if he doesn't get us promoted, he's failed. It's similar. It's, it's absolutely criminal. Like the, the teams like Peterborough and Ipswich, you know, you look at them and go, like, what? Well, how have you? How are you where you are? Like mm-hmm. Peterborough, I think have lost four in a bounce. Ipswich haven't won in eight. Like we, we, I remember after the Burton game, we did the reaction and we were like, well, that's a season over because you work on the basis that the teams at the top of the league are going to maintain some semblance of good form and they haven't. They haven't. And, and it, it it's opened the door now for anyone in the top 12 probably there. Portsmouth, Portsmouth will be seeing the same yeah. thing. Oh, about, absolutely. What yeah. we're and, and, you, and you've got to sustain it as well because if you, if you look over the festival, we're talking about three good Sunderland performances and rightly so, but... Coventry over the festive period won three out of three and they mm. scored four and two of them. Including winning at Wickham 4-1. Exactly. Mm. So, <coughs> I mean, they seem, they seem to have done what people yeah, and it, and you, for them to do. And, and you look at Oxford's points per game, etc. It doesn't look particularly impressive now, but when I think they won something like one of the first seven or something like that. So you then take that off and suddenly you think, okay, this is a team that's been pretty consistent for a reasonable amount of time. So I think Sunderland have absolutely got a chance. But you've also got to be really, really, really realistic and say that you're going to have to produce a very long run of form that is so far removed from what you've had all season. Because although the points gap isn't that big, there's a lot of teams you've got to get past. Um, and, and some of them actually, poor starts of the season or whatever, kind of retracts from the fact that they have been a decent side for a little period of time now, um, rather than being another one of those. So I'm still, personally, I'm still relatively pessimistic. Um, even if you look at the Fleetwood game, it could quite easily have gone another way, as much I mean, as Sunderland did they, deserve a point. They were poor. They were. They were. They? they were, but they could have been 2 0 up yeah. if the centre half heads it in. Paddy Madden missed a couple of big chances. I'm not trying to do down what Sunderland have done recently, but it's just it's going to take a huge shift. And I think I don't think I do think the league will probably get to about where it normal, normally is. I just think we haven't seen those teams. I think some teams will do that, and Sunderland are going to have to be one of them. Um, but it is going to take a very very. It's going to take a good January and it's going to take a long run of form. Um, and, and fingers crossed it can do it because you, you have to give the manager credit no matter what you said before. That at the moment, the team looks, you can see how they're going to win games um, and fingers crossed that continues. We have, we have to win, I would say, next 10 games, we have to win seven of them. It's how it, I would say. And then it's who you the end of that 10. as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because, so you, you know, you, you play somebody like Portsmouth and you don't beat them, but you beat somebody further down. It's, you know, 
that's going to be that's going to make our season if we if we can get some big wins against the the, the bigger teams. Saturday will be a statement. Yeah, win. Yeah, if they can win Saturday, I think they'll do it. I think psychologically as well for Wickham, on the back of their poor run, I think they haven't. I think they might have lost four on the bounce actually, or I think they've only taken one point from the last twelve. Maybe they might look at the have the drew with Ipswich actually. Yeah, so they, they have taken one from the last twelve, but they might look at it on Saturday and go, they're looking at, look, if we're really serious about going up here, we've probably sustained it longer than people expected. Mm. If we go to Sunderland and get a positive result, we can still have that self-belief that we can get promoted. Whereas if they lose the game, they might be thinking, oh, you know, the wheels, you know, we, we can't sustain this. The wheels really do, really have come off. So it could be, you know, a good opportunity there. <laughs> you know, put put some of those teams under pressure not just in terms of points, but and t- Portsmouth will be thinking the same because they'll get like I wouldn't be surprised if they got in the playoffs and we got in the playoffs at the end of the season, right? But both teams should be thinking, you know, other other teams above us capable of sustaining. The, I know the game in hand's talked about, but seven of the top ten have got games in hand. Um, I think everyone's there's only three teams played 24 in the top 10 and everyone else has played 23 Doncaster have only played 21 um, so and they're not that far off the top 10 so they could go on a little surge although they were pretty poor against us I thought yeah. and we've got to play them later in the month but it's a big it's a big month with Wickham MG Dons have come into form we've got them um, and uh, Tranmere at home who were, sorry Tranmere away who were Look a pretty poor side, um, so you'd, you know you'd be you'd be earmarking. Really, you want ten points from the next four games, don't you? Really, ideally, and as I say, last time you said something like this was when we went on that crash. Well, it's not my <laughs> before fault. the Rotherham game. Can't, can't, like, so, what we need to yeah. be doing is iron up nine points and we go for like one or something. Yeah, some people <laughs> might want to blame us for everything, but you can't blame us for, for the results. But you, you've you've got to, um, you know, you've. you've Oh, it said from the start of the season, 27 wins will get you promoted, in my opinion. I mean, it looks a lot lower than that now. Um, but we need uh, we need at least 14 wins in the last 21 games. It's you know, and that's a lot of that's a lot of wins to to get automatically promoted, which is the goal. We're going to move on to transfers just now, Phil. I know you said you feel pessimistic, <coughs> but does that mean in terms of automatic promotion, or does that mean in terms of top uh, six? Automatic, automatic. Because yeah. this league is that bad. Yeah, I cannot see Sunderland finish lower than sixth person. No, I, I still think Sunderland will get into the playoffs. I, 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 I personally, at the moment, I still can't see them getting into the top two um, unless they bring in some a very good striker. Because I still don't think the work the goalkeeping up from inside the box to be honest that's still my opinion others might disagree but I still think there's some real issues even if I if we acknowledge the major improvements in the last three games but I still think they should have enough to get into the top six we'll talk about that we'll do a little break now we'll drop an advert in maybe sometimes well, drops, yeah, we, do, drops we don't in. drop an advert in the apart from, product, for, apart from for Chris the advert in. yeah yeah shall we do an advert for Chris go on then put your, put your, go on then well, when we come back we'll hear from our <laughs> Our official clothing partner from the terraces. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. From the terraces, in association with Wiseman's Day podcast. <laughs> there you go. I don't, know, I don't know. I didn't know what to say. I haven't written that down. I mean. Oh, you you couldn't tell. Yeah, so sounded like you really rehearsed. My brain's, that. I'm really tired. My brain scrambled. I was up at five thirty <laughs> writing down, but <laughs> writing down the last eleven second place finishes points total in League One. So I'm sure I know. did that piece last year as well. You could just pull it up. Yeah, I'll see if oh, I can take it out. All right, don't, no, don't don't do that. <laughs> I've probably got them all on file somewhere. Oh, like right. playoffs, calm down, like, yeah. Sean off. <laughs> oh, look at me! I thought it was first. <laughs> yeah, but, but Phil did it for his job work in yeah, an office. Did, yeah, I'm not loading over it. it. Is I, I, you know it is my job. I'm not there. Yeah, I'm yeah. not boasting about it. Right, <laughs> now you're saying, oh, I got paid for it. It took like three hours. And didn't it took me about four minutes? Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Need nowhere. Look, transfers. What does Sunderland need to do with the transfer window? You've already um, suggested, Phil. I think I'll be surprised if anybody disagreed with the fact that Sunderland need, if they're going to play in this way, a centre forward. Somebody yeah. who can haul the ball up, who can rat about defenders, and who can score goals, ideally. Come cheap, those, don't they? Yeah, just go, go and get them. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in Sunderland's history suggests they're pretty easy to find, so just go and get them. Would that be your number one priority? Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, my two personally, my two priorities would be a centre forward and another central midfielder. Because if Parkinson's going to play the way he's going to play, which he is, um, I still think you could you could do with a bit more legs in there, um, someone with a bit more physicality. Um, would that be either or in terms of either bringing in a midfielder, like you say, somebody who's got the legs, who's got, who's got the physicality, who maybe he's maybe got a goal threat. Some people would argue Luke or Nine's that man and you go out and buy a right back and move Luke. Uh, potentially, yeah, potentially. I'm, I'm probably thinking, I think Luke's probably, if you were going to push him further forward, you'd probably play him as one of the tens, I think, rather than the two. Okay. Cent- I think I'm probably thinking more as an alternative to Dobson. I think it's a big, I, I really like George Dobson. I think he'll have a good career. But I think it's a big ask to for him to go and do however many games it is from now until the end of the season. So someone is an alternative to him. I think Max Power's playing pretty well at the moment and I think he's fairly dependable. But I would like another option alongside him. I'd love to think that Ethan Robson could come back and stake his claim to be that player. I think he fits the profile in a lot of ways. Bit of goal threat um, gets about the pitch, but I've said that a lot. So we'll have to wait and see. Sorry, I'm laughing because um, I'm sure somebody's tweeted us a question. It, it popped up um, when you were talking before and it said something. The starting was like, why do players seem to get better the longer they're out the team? Question mark. Ethan Robson, dot, dot, dot. So I'll find out that question. So <laughs> Well, I think you've just said it. You, you've looked for it and credit yeah, the person, yeah. I guess. But I don't know. He was, even the, the odd time he played, but what do you think of, of him, Chris? I think the odd time he played, he looked 
all right without saying yes he, he's the answer but factoring in that he, he's a young lad and he's come for the first team I thought whenever you saw him play in the, in the checker trade and stuff last year he looked really good he played he played decent in the championship he played one game in the checker trade and looked good right but he played games in the championship I thought you always thought he looked all right pre-season as well I, I think he just offers something different he's got a good left foot on him he's 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 quite athletic he's quite tall um and he's totally different. Uh, he's strong on the tackle. Yeah, he's got a goal he's, threat. He's totally different. Uh, um, you know, we, we had midfielders the same. You know, Catamol, McGeoch, Ledbetter. They're all kind of. If you had a silhouette, they would all look the same. You wouldn't know. I which wish we still which. had Catamol. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but that that's it with Robson. I think he just offers something different. And I think I think if we can get him in and get him fit, the the problem is is every time he's had a chance, he's getting injured. Um, but he's it's it's a big season for him because he's obviously out of contract in the summer, um, um, yeah. I'll, and he just scores goals. Yeah. I think as well. I think I'll rephrase slightly when I said it would it would nice to be know for sure whether Nathan Robson can do it or not. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Now, yeah. Nobody knows whether whether he's the like answer. 10, ten games, but, but it but it would be nice. Know? It would be nice to know for sure. And um, but either way, I, I do think that's a position of the pitch where they yeah. could do with an alternative. If he'd had as many jo- games as George Dobson had for Sunderland, would he have made as much of an impact for Sunderland as George Dobson? Well, I guess that's the question been, you've got. Probably would have been dropped if he'd played like George <laughs> well, Dobson. Maybe he's but actually d- to be fair, he's played quite well honest, recently. Like at, at the weekend, I thought it was his best game, and 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 again, I think it's fitness and. I've, He's I've, young I as have, well, isn't he? He is, and I've, I've I've been critical of him, but I, you know, again, you've got to you've got to say he played he played well, and long may it continue. I don't, I don't want players to to drop out because they're not playing well. I want players on the bench that can't get in the team because people are not giving them the opportunity. That's the only thing I worry about with Robson. If he comes back, that he'll not get his opportunity again, um, and then we're, we're going to end up losing him at the end of the season. But again. Has he proven anything yet? I just think he's one of these players that potentially we could end up getting rid of and, you know, three or four seasons, you see him playing mm-hmm. ch- Championship, Premier League, and he never, you know, like a so Sunderland that, Aston isn't Villa, yeah. you know, that type of player. I don't know. Hurahan and John Egan and yeah, all those ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, let's not get depressed about those kind Hopefully. of players. Um, other, other positions and other kind of players, Phil, do you think? I think... I, it, I've got written down here that that centre forward will be one right back stroke centre midfielder depending on what you're going to do with Lugo nine will be two another forward wide player or I guess the way he's playing now again you could say Lugo nine could fill one of those players but I still feel like we're missing a bit of pace up front yeah I think so I think it's an interesting one isn't it because I think probably a month ago your winger would have been if not number one mm. then certainly number two but if you're not playing with orthodox wingers it doesn't seem quite so urgent but I think you could still you need a plan B as well don't yeah you, you do and, and also you would like another alternative just for the reasons we've talked before it's it's great that Chris McGuire is playing so well at the moment but we have had spells like this where that's where he's gone off the boil so you would like another you would like another pacey I think alternative Someone who can just get beyond Wake as well. That's I think that's a big thing at the it's moment. Two versions of Gooch behind him. Yeah, well, that would be ideal, yeah. wouldn't it? But you know, it's good to see that they're getting a bit more support to Wake. But you still think it would be nice to have that option who can get in behind him a bit more because with what more he can do that. But you you have to be realistic about how much you're going to get from him in terms of minutes and what have you. So that is another option that, in an ideal world, you could definitely strengthen. I mean, in ter- I mean, we're talking about strengthening. I mean, all the talk so far has been. Weakening. I mean, I know Robson's coming back, but it was uh, there's other clubs interested in him on loan, so that was uh, sort of a, a caveat. It, it suggests to me that he's coming back to go somewhere else, maybe at a higher level. Um, 
secondly, obviously, well, the box gone. I mean, that'd be our level though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he might be going to Scott. He might, he might go to Hibs, mightn't he? I mean, that, I think that was well, a Mc, suggestion. McNulty somewhere. as well. He's well. As I was going to say, yeah. McNulty as well. So McNulty's been linked with a move. Aberdeen was it? And no, uh, I think no. that was Hibs as well. He's been oh, linked Hibs. with and and McGeoch's gone yeah. Aberdeen. So we're a, there's three players plus McGeady. McGeady has four players who were you know we're talking about strengthening. We've lost lost four. So do you think we'll spend money? Well, but <laughs> there was a suggestion we've we, we're going to spend money on a fella from Leeds or something who's in the last year of his contract. Who's been still Dallas said twice now he's going to. And just, he's uh, going to invest in the transfer window. And that Alan Nixon, who seems to be have some be clued up on Sunderland stuff at the moment, he seems to have certain clubs that he knows stuff about. And at the moment, one of them seems to be Sunderland. So whoever's given the information, maybe people need to be vetted from if they're in the club or whatever. But um, suggestion that we're after that Emerson, is it, not Emerson Boyce, he's playing for Wigan, <laughs> Liam Boyce. From um, I, I, he was quite good. Who I, who I don't know loads about, but, but he's quite but, lively. But, but, isn't he? but when you look at Burton, yeah. his name all seems to come up on the yeah, score yeah. sheet. He's, don't, he's, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah. He'd be a, he'd be a really yeah, good sign. Be a good he's sign, a good player, I think he's quite. An, how, like old is he? how old is he? Do we scored know? against us a mm, couple of times. Twenty-seven, I would yeah. guess that around that. He looks age. about forty, but yeah. And he always scores at the stadium. Yeah, so that always helps. not a stat of a score for us. Then he's an he's a like like when he play against him, he's an annoying player. Well, that is what we need, and that that it like and and, and Wykes try to do that. Uh, To be fair, I don't think that's his game, but he's he's try to do it, and he is the best forward we've got to do that. I guess you know Will Griggs is not going to do that with respect, is he? And McNutley as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. Hopefully, they'll they'll get that done uh, sooner rather than later. but I need to get moving. I mean, all the stuff off the pitch is kind of distracted a little bit from what's, the on-pitch stuff. What's happened off the pitch? Like um, and, and it, we know we're going to be eight days into, the, into, the, into January, probably, you know, a third of the way through January without anybody coming in. And we've got games and we've, you know, to to win. So, and if it's so important that we strengthen this squad, this, this, this window... Um, especially with players going out, then we need to get a shift on because games are running out. So, you know, we'd, I'd like to see some movement in this week um, in some capacity. And not, another, like, I know they were saying about Ben Alec training with us, but I, I don't want to see another goalkeeper coming in because it's it's not really adding any value, is it? So at this stage, um, unless they decide to put Sam McLaughlin in the window, which will probably go down really well <laughs> but you, you never know do you apparently he's worth 5 is, million quid well, this summer well the thing is you're saying that it would go down really well but they're going for free and if suddenly they got half a million quid from them yeah, whether you like it or that. not the, a club trying to turn its finance around like us you could kind of understand that but Mc, I mean but there's, to be fair McLaughlin after a pretty poor spell he looks back to where he was at his best last season in in recent weeks, um, so I'd be very disappointed if if we lost him now. I'd rather wait until the summer and lose him for free than you know. It's a bit like the Marja situation, yeah, isn't it? Let's you not can talk about you can you can <laughs> say you can say almost why they did it, but in reality, it's it shouldn't. They should have just let him out his contract. There's a lot of posturing that goes on, isn't there? It feels like we're kind of you know we're run a bit like you know some sort of locker room or something like that 
you know, look look how big my player is, that sort of thing, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it, we've we've made this mistake before, and it would be best advised not to make it again, in my opinion. I'd rather take I'd rather take the risk and take the hit, and then find. We, well, we found Lee Burge for free. If he's as good as McLaughlin, which is Pete we're talking about, then we found him for free, so you don't have to worry about it. Then you can get Ben Alec in in the summer then. But just give it, if you if you rate him as highly as those those options, just give it a Len and then do it then if you want to do it then. But give us, we've got to give ourselves the best chance of getting promoted this season. Um, and we've, we've wasted two months of the season so you know, faffing about, like you know, you know, going to Gillingham for a point and things like that when we need to win games, you know. Well, the scouting network's there now, <laughs> apparently. Phil might know that. I don't know. Are the scouting networks in place? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Phil. To be fair, Phil Parkinson is. Um, he has said that there's there's more scouts in place. Um, I think there's a couple in England and a couple abroad as well. He seemed relatively content with how the operation was functioning ahead of the window um, to be fair, that's, that was his view on it um, whether that will be the same at the end of the window we'll, we'll wait and see um, but you know, re- realistically though is a you know, scouting network it's a long term thing isn't it, of course you know it I mean? so, but you would hope any scout that was employed the prob- the problem if, he was, yeah, if he was the right person would come in with his own ideas yeah, and target straight away anyway when, when you get somebody in the building that's when you got to sign them isn't it so it doesn't matter it's all very well like agreeing fees and speaking to agents and all that, but when you get them in the building, you've got to convince them to sign. And we've seen over the last 18 months incidents where players, I mean, obviously Madge's won in terms of it was our player and we, we unsuccessfully negotiated a new deal with him and then we made decisions based on that information to, to let him go at that point. Um, and then you look at people like Lyle Taylor and stuff like that. And what happened there... And you know people have their own opinions on that, but when you're talking about nego- bringing a player in who could, you know, potentially get you promoted, you've got to make sure you do it properly. And when you get them in the building, you don't let them out until they've signed that contract. Um, <clears throat> and and I think that's something we've we've definitely failed on in the last uh, in the last eighteen months. Generally, personally, that's what I think anyway. But. Well, we'll be back on Thursday. One more. It's been nice to be back. So- I want to mention the statement in any way before we go? I think, yeah, to be fair, I had like I don't loads, know which statement. I had, I had loads of like bullet points and stuff, and then I just think like, is it even worth doing? I just think the corn, the, the the tone and the content of the statement from a a club the size and with the, uh, the tradition of Sunderland Association Football Club speaks for itself. Um, all I would ask is that people just know that we. Whatever we say, we do it with the best interests of the club at heart. You might not agree with that. I've been going the game for 33 years. Some people who disagree with us have been going much longer than that. That's fine. I'm not trying to say I've been going the longer, longer uh, to the games longer than you or anything like that. But just know that if groups or, or fanzines and podcasts decide to get together and unite like this, then surely there's a lot of thought and consideration and information that's gone to make us come up with that statement or the, make the decision that we've made. And please just give over with the idea that we think we speak for anybody but ourselves. We speak for us, and the people who did the joint statement with us speak for them. 
Now, if we say something and 15,000 people or whatever go on Twitter and either copy and paste it or retweet it, that's people deciding to agree with it. They're speaking for themselves. We're not speaking for them. They're speaking for themselves. Now, the support we've had far, far outweigh the negative responses we've had, although a win in a game suddenly seems to have, have made people go aggressive with us. And Look, if people are going to get abusive with us, sometimes we, we instinctively might have a go back. We try not to. But just know that, just just trust him. We, we, we're doing this because we think it's the best thing for Sunderland as a club going forward and surviving as a club going forward. There might be something official come out in a couple of days from us. The only the only thing on the statement I'll acknowledge actually was the quote. The timing of the demand was not obviously conductive to the immediate improvement of the first team squad. Close quote. We've taken seven points from nine, so don't put the. And I'm not saying we should, anyone's taking credit for that, but don't put the performance of the players on us because evidence suggests it's had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and and also Stuart Donald is told Phil Parkinson that whatever's happening off the pitch won't affect. Um, and that's on record at a press conference spoken by Phil Parkinson last week. So that is not the case at all. Donald said um, it twice himself anyway. That but, it won't make a difference. Yeah, so it, won't make a di- so it won't make a difference. So you don't have to worry about that, do you? If you take them at his word. So it's... You know, like Stephen says, it wasn't a decision that, like, you know, I think there's, you know, reading some stuff online, and like Stephen says, you know, you do get, it's sometimes difficult not to, not have a pop back, you know, because, you know, your integrity's being questioned, and, you know, Stuart Donald would probably argue the same. However, he's in a lot more influential position than we are, um, as somebody who is the owner of a, you know, multi-million pound business. Um, in one of the you know the biggest sports in the world, so you know we put our heads above the the parapet and put our tin hats on, and you know we didn't know if people would, you know we could have done the tweet thing and people would have gone, what are these idiots doing? But like Stephen says, that didn't happen. So there's a cross section of people who believes it strongly enough to to agree with it. So and that is why we did made one of the reasons we decided to do what we did because. You know, the 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 temperature, the fan base suggested that it was something that people were were feeling, and that's why we made the decision. And it was a risk, but I would argue probably not as risky as taking a chance on you know buying a football club and, and hoping everything would be sorted in twelve months and you'd be in the championship, and then you might sell it to somebody else. Um, I think speak speaking as a fan, you know, forget about podcast and. Statements and things like that. I think if you just look at it f- from my point of view, you can see that the club isn't being run to its best of ability. Basically, the f- the foundations just aren't there, and it might be that they're getting rectified now. But we're almost eighteen months down the line, and you know why haven't we had those things in place? You just look at the you know the youth team and how many they have lost, and it isn't just because we've lost a few games that 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 people are feeling like this. It's it's a culmination of, of not getting the summer right, um, not making the right decisions in the January before that, and that, that all comes down to forward planning. Um, and, yeah, if they can get it right, nobody... I'd never sit here and, you know, not wanted to work for Stuart Donald or, or Phil Partington. I want them to win every game and do everything they set out to do, but it's just, obviously, it hasn't been happening. Um, 
but you know, um, results do make yeah. a big difference. And every, you know, everyone just got to back the yeah, manager. Exactly. You've got to, you've got to back, you've got to back the manager, um, which everybody will do. Every, that's it, isn't it. I'll back this man. I'll back this Phil Parkinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't but, but, post but don't ask so, to Phil Parkinson. Game, I'll back this one. At the game, people back what they see, and people people don't go to the game and start booing from minute one. No. You know, when you look at the Bur- the Burton game as an example, that was brought on by factors not on the sta- not in the stands. So, so, and and the very next game, I was a bit think I was thinking people could be into them straight away, and they weren't. The atmosphere was pretty good, and 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 the and the team were backed by by the fans, and you'll always get that in the ground. Well, it, it, but outside it, it, of the ninety minutes, people have opinions on things. That you know, some of some are strong, and and some may not agree with them. I think everyone's coming from the place up there. At Doncaster in the concourse before the game, the chance were we won Parky out and we won Donald out in the concourse. From the first minute the players were at it and there was none of that in the stand and everybody you know celebrated and clapped the players when they came over at the end of the game because we're all fans and we all want us to win and first and foremost, uh, the book stops with the players and the manager putting the right kind of application in to the match. So... Mm. And we, that's and happened in the know, last three yeah, games. Yeah. Let's see where. And we don't get any. We don't get any. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, seeing suggestions. You know that we're we've got ideas about our station, and it's because of it's an ego thing. And you know, what, I mean, what benefit is there to you as a as a person and a human being, and having to feel as though you have to do something that some would you know term you as an extremist, which happened last night. And you think, well. You know, it bothers you, you know, because you're like, well, you're, you're you know, say, difficult to sleep and stuff like that because you think about it. It's like it's a, it's an it's an important thing in a lot of people's lives. A football club, and you know, we we've got contact with a lot of Sunderland fans, and we made the decision to do what we did along with the others, based on the same feeling that was derived from, and it's not an echo chamber because we don't follow many people, um, and people can send you information without you following them so it's not like you're seeing things that people are saying people are telling you things so it's not it, it's not like an echo chamber situation or anything like that. i've heard somebody refer to things like that but and people have different opinions but you know it would be nice if some people give you know a lot of the lads are been going all their lives and you know it's a massive part of their lives I think Stuart Donald's been given the benefit of the doubt by some people and I think mm-hmm. like you know he's been here for 80 months he's not a Sunderland fan He's a businessman who's invested in a. You've seen a business opportunity, and and this is the argument put forward for a lot of people. That's fine, but you know it'd be nice if somebody applied the same benefit of doubt there to some. You know, I know some people have been saying things like you know people involved aren't proper fans and who are there and all this, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I think we're we'll all bother some, doing this if we weren't fans. Exactly, we're all you know everyone's a massive everyone's you know it's a massive part of their lives and. You know, maybe if people gave us the benefit of doubt and, and other people involved the benefit of doubt, mm. and, and then in time, and see if you what want to happens. agree with us, if you want, if you don't, you know, back, you know start your own Donald in campaign. Exactly. See, see how far that do, goes. So Nobody's stopping do you that. from doing it. Exactly. Um, and just just remember, like Gareth said, uh, remember that last season when we got all these. It's interesting the Wickham game because that was one of the games for some reason the club decided to highlight and get people to turn up. Let's get the crowd as high as we can, and I don't have a problem with that. In fact, I like that. I liked when Charlie Methven was doing that and coming out and telling everybody how big the club was and saying how good the fans were. Let's get the crowd up because it's better for everybody. That stopped, remember, in the in in time of Sunderland's biggest game in years, the Portsmouth 
playoff game at home, totally stopped. Ticket sales were down. We decided to do something about that because the club decided to stay quiet. We think, in our opinion, the club was staying quiet because we were trying to sell the club at that time. So we did that. We went out of the way to do that. Got ex-players involved. And we, you don't do shit like that if you don't care about the club and you don't have the best interest at heart. Right? Well, anybody else? Absolutely. Anything else to add by anybody? No. Thanks for listening. <laughs>